0: Good morning, everyone. Let's see if my notes will stay still. It's a little breezy up here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Friends, this uh, these past few weeks have brought us too many painful reminders uh, that all is not well in our world. Coverage of the trial of the police officer who killed George Floyd was interrupted by coverage of a 20-year-old black man killed during a traffic stop, which was interrupted by coverage of a 13-year-old black boy killed by police, which was interrupted by the coverage of eight people killed here in Indianapolis at the FedEx facility. Racism and violence are endemic in our society and we seem to be unable to muster the will to do anything about it. We are not okay. We add this, of course, to the, in addition to the ongoing collective trauma that the pandemic is inflicting on all of us, the emotional fatigue of isolation from others and the constant vigilance our bodies are constantly pumping us with cortisol and adrenaline to try to combat the threat, which is of course all in addition to just the normal stuff that any of us have to deal with in our own personal lives. Talked with someone this morning who had a big fight with their spouse on the way to church. Uh, which is totally unfamiliar for me. I have no idea what that's like. But I hear it's bad. I hear it's hard. So, all right. Um, all that to say, um, it hasn't been so far an overtly cheer-filled tide, As Joel sang for us earlier, how long? How long, Lord? This is our cry. So just as we get into good news today, I want you to just hold on to that. What are you bringing with you this morning? What seems most top of mind for you? Is it anger and grief over injustice and violence? Is it hopelessness and fatigue about this pandemic? Is it some interpersonal conflict that's troubling you? Perhaps even joy and consolation. These are possible as well in these days over an answered prayer or an unexpected gift or a reconciled relationship. What human experience of sadness, or joy, or anger, or consolation, or suffering, or beauty are you most in touch with right now? Just hold that in your mind with the Lord. Imagine that experience, whatever it is now, being received into the body of Jesus onto the cross, and taken into the presence of God in the resurrected flesh of Jesus to be healed, to be redeemed to be transformed. Friends, this is our good news this morning, that Jesus is gathering up the totality of embodied human experience. All our fear, our pain, our suffering, our grief, our regret, and our joy and our consolation. He sees it all. He feels it all. He knows it all. He honors it all. And he is transforming it all into communion. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is discarded. It all matters. Everything belongs. God is present to all of it because Christ is the life of the world. So we sang already in the song that Joel wrote for us based on Psalm 4, the light of your face has been born into the heart of the heart's darkest places, even now, even now. In our gospel passage, the disciples are gathered together in excitement and confusion, discussing reports from the women who said that they saw angels, saying Jesus was alive, and these two disciples who were on their way to Emmaus and met Jesus, the risen Jesus, in this shocking encounter, and they hurry back to Jerusalem, and they're all discussing these things, and suddenly in the midst of it all, Jesus appears among them and proclaims, peace be with you. Their response is fear. Is this a ghost? are the dead haunting us? I imagine their last experience with Jesus might cause them to maybe think that he was not in that great of a mood towards them. So they're scared. Has the ghost of Jesus come back to give to get revenge? But Jesus speaks to them more words of peace. Why are you frightened? Why do you doubt? Jesus asks. Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch and see. I have flesh. And bones he shows them his hands and his feet isn't that interesting why do his hands and his feet give comfort because of the wounds because of the scars that are still there they persist into the resurrected body of jesus what a beautifully unnecessary thing to do the scars persist in the body of Jesus. Jesus hasn't come to take us away to a different world where everything is just erased and started and and we begin again. He hasn't come to help us escape our bodies and this earth into some kind of spiritual bliss. No, Jesus is raised in the flesh to redeem all flesh. He is embodied in resurrection. He shows them his body to show them that he has taken all of our brokenness, And all of our evil into his flesh on the cross. He's taken it into death and out the other side. He's taken human flesh through death into new life. And he's taking us all with him. He's taking us all with him. Jesus is showing them in showing them his hands and his feet that he is restoring all things. That all of it matters. That everything is seen. All their fears and tears and grief and anguish. The totality of human experience is seen and felt and known and honored and now taken into the presence of God and the wounded flesh of Jesus and transformed into communion. These places where we feel these things now become sites, locations of the presence of God in our world. Nothing is wasted, friends. Nothing is discarded. All of it matters. Everything belongs. God is present to all of it because Christ is the life of the world. After Jesus shows them his body, he opens their minds to understand the scriptures and thus all of life in light of his crucifixion and resurrection. So they can see all of God's revelation was pointing toward this defining moment, this hinge of human history that would define everything from now on. The Messiah had to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Jesus isn't just giving him some proof text here that they'd never seen before. Oh, I never saw that in the Bible. That's interesting. He's not doing that. What he's doing here is empowering them to see the whole of Scripture through the lens of the cross. To say this is how it's always worked. And this is now revealing to you how Scripture works. This is revealing to you how life works. This is how the kingdom works. The way to true and abundant life goes through Death, he is teaching them to see that this is the pattern of the kingdom of God, life through death. This is the way of the kingdom. This is the way of resurrection. So he shows them his body. He says, I've taken it all. He opens their mind to understand the scriptures, and then he commissions them. And thus the gift of repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed to all peoples, beginning right where you are now. You are witnesses of these things. So with the confidence of knowing that Jesus has taken the totality of human experience into the presence of God and his wounded flesh, with their minds opened to see the whole world, now through the lens of the cross, they're sent out as witnesses to proclaim God's victory over all evil to all people. This is what Peter does in our reading from Acts. That's what he's doing. He's, He's being a witness. Christ is raised from the dead, and so he calls people, turn, repent. Receive the gift of repentance and forgiveness of sins so that times of refreshing can come from the Lord and so that God will send the Messiah, the anointed one, to do what? To restore all things, as he promised long ago. Yes, we still await the final consummation, this renewal and restoration of all things. As John writes in the epistle reading that we had this morning, we are children now, but what we will be has not yet been made known. We live between these times, between the inauguration of the kingdom and the fulfillment of the kingdom. Right now, Christ has ascended and right now reigns over the world, over the whole cosmos as Lord. But as yet, we don't see everything subject to him. We await this final consummation as the events of this past week and even this morning show us. Of course, we await this final consummation, but ours is not to speculate on the hows and the whens of this final consummation. What we do know is that resurrection has begun, that in the wounded flesh of Jesus, the totality of our human experience and history has been taken into the presence of God and redeemed. Christ is the life of the world. We are witnesses of these things. We're not called to be experts or analysts or critics or solvers of problems. We testify to the joy and peace that is ours in the Holy Spirit. This is what we do as witnesses of these things. So let's respond to this good news this morning. In song, in prayer, we're going to respond with a song, and then we'll pray together for our needs and the needs of the world. And then we'll come to the climax of our worship gathering, which is coming to this table to receive the body and the blood of Jesus in bread and wine. And I want you to notice the movement. I don't know if You guys notice these kinds of things, but this is important. Notice the movement of our prayers around the table. It starts with an offering. It starts with us offering ourselves, offering all that we are, trusting that all of it belongs, all of it matters. Nothing is set aside or ignored, whatever that most salient thought or feeling or situation or experience that you are bringing today That matters. We offer that. We offer our whole lives to the Lord. Good, bad, ugly, evil, well-intentioned, all of it. This is what we mean when we say, lift up your hearts. And this is what we're doing when we say, we lift them up to the Lord. We bring our whole selves, all of it. So we bring the totality of ourselves, and we bring that embodied in bread and wine. Right now, the bread and wines represent us just bringing our normal lives to the Lord. bringing bringing it into the presence of God. And during the prayer, they're set apart to become for us the body and blood of Jesus. So we offer our lives, we offer our human experience. It's taken into the presence of God and then given back to us as a means of communion with God. Does that make sense? I nerd out about this stuff, and so I'm really excited about it. I want you guys to be excited about it too. (laughs) We receive back what we offer as a means of communion with God. And then friends, this is the best part. Maybe there's no best part, but I love this part. And then we actually become what we receive. The bread becomes the body of Christ and then guess who becomes the body of Christ? We do. We become what we receive. As a community, we become the sacrament of God's presence in the world. A place, a location where people can touch and see the wounds of God and hear the good news of repentance and forgiveness of sins. So this just isn't pie in the sky when we die religion here, friends. This vision of Christ restoring all things, of Christ as the life of the world even now, this propels us into mission, praying, weeping, grieving, protesting, organizing, advocating, laying down our privilege, standing in deep solidarity with the marginalized and the oppressed, proclaiming the good news that in the raising of Jesus, God is turning all of our human crucifixions into resurrection. Jesus has taken it all into his flesh on the cross and into the presence of God in resurrection. And he's restoring all creation to what it was always meant to be. He's gathering up the totality of our embodied human experience, all of our fear and pain and suffering and grief and regret and joy and consolation. He sees it. He feels it. He knows it. He honors it, and he transforms it all into communion. Nothing is wasted. Nothing is discarded. All of it matters. Everything belongs. God is present to all of it and present to you because Christ is the life of the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.